The scripture reading for today is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. All right. Thank you, Joel. Good morning. My name is Dave. I'm the lead pastor here at Redemption uh, Church Tucson. And it's so good to see you all this morning and to be here together to, to worship, as Stephen said, on this Palm Sunday as we kick off Holy Week together. And um, as we start, kind of a, a, taking a chance here to seem like I'm accepting an award at the Grammys. Um, I, I do want to thank a few people, though. Um, first of all, you might notice a different background. We were at Peter and Ashley Reynolds' house the last few weeks, and they were incredibly gracious hosts. And um, now the Vineyard Community Church has given us um, one of their rooms to use to, to film these, these times together. So, so we're so thankful for them. They are a generous church that is on mission and loving their neighbors so well right here in downtown Tucson. So again, we thank the Vineyard. They do have uh, two f ferns here as well. I can pretend I'm Zach Kalifanakis, right? Doing a little bit of between two ferns. So I don't know. We'll see what, what comes up during um, our time. Also, I want to acknowledge a lot of different people who I know have been signing on and, and kind of chatting and engaging as a community. None of us would, would kind of prefer things this way. Um, but in God's grace, his unexpected favor, we, we've seen that someone deployed uh, in Somalia, and then someone else who we were able to kind of send off a couple of years ago, Andrea in Mexico. And I know our, our good friend Forrest and his mom in Dallas, Texas. Um, hello. And, and then also we are, uh, I, I also found out that a friend, Leo in Guatemala, Leo, hola. Como estas? Um, bendiciones, hermano, in, in Guatemala. Um, we, we, we love you. It's been so cool to hear that you've been signing in and getting involved as well in this service. So um, now with those things, let's, let's go together before, before God's word. Again, what we're doing in this season right now is we're learning what it looks like to pray from the very words of Jesus. And, 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 and how we pray um, shapes not only what we're saying to God, but how we live it it orients us and shapes us and grounds us in how we, we walk through um, our lives right now. And there's a progression in the Lord's Prayer that's not accidental, that is purposeful and intentional, okay? That as, as Jesus is walking us through how to go before God in prayer and then in turn how to see um, the world around us. And he begins with, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, and then your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's where we find ourselves today. And that comes before any kind of request or confession or, or th things like that, that, that we, 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 we cry out, God, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in, in heaven. Shape our perspective, shape our lives. So with that, to that end, let's, let's ask God to oversee our time here together. Heavenly Father, we 
do come before you as your children because of the finished work of Jesus as we enter into this holy week and we, we, we look at his life in Jerusalem marching toward the cross. And that though he was forsaken by you, your perfect heavenly son, through him we can now be called children because you raised him from the dead. And as we again anticipate these things, we pray that even this morning you will lead us by your Holy Spirit to enter into a time of understanding who we are, what it looks like to live today in light of your kingdom coming and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven and in our hearts this morning. We pray that our eyes would be fixed on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me ask a question to consider, right? If right now you could have anything you wanted, what would it be? All right, my, 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 my gut is that that's really different than it would have been when you were five years old. And it's probably even really different than when you were 12, when you were 18 years old. If you are 12 right now, like my, my own kids, um, or, you know, eight, it's probably different than when they were five or eight or what it will be when they're 18. Or, or let's be honest, even five weeks ago would have been really different than where we are now. And probably even different than five weeks from now, right, in the future or five years down the road. It, it, and, and while it's, it's, it's fun to think about that, um, I remember that was even one of my favorite games as a kid. We would just talk about, hey, if you could have anything, you know, when you're driving down the, the road, this is before DVDs in the car, right? Anyone with me there? Amen, right? We remember these things. We, we actually had to think and actually talk to each other. And we would, we would look at cars, be like, hey, if you could have any car, what would it be? And we would sit there in our, like, you know, hoopty car and be like, hey, that's my car. I call it, right? That's my car. I call it, like, as if we, that did anything for us. But, but, but this idea of, of if I could have whatever I wanted, I, I would have it right now. But, but as we consider time, and how that would be different looking back and looking forward from where we are right now, hopefully we realize we don't even really know what we want or what we need. And so this prayer as we enter into it, when Jesus leads us in saying, your kingdom come, your will be done, it's, it's, an, it's, it's a sense of confessing that, 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 that we need him to do for us what we can't and even wouldn't do for ourselves because we don't even know ultimately what that is. And yet something this also um, in, implies, something that Jesus saying, your kingdom come and your will be done is recognizing that's not currently the case, that things currently are, are broken, right? If, if everything was perfect and as it should be, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't say that prayer. On an individual level, on a corporate level, we tend to cry out for things like that in a season like we're in now when we recognize this isn't the way it's supposed to be, right? And that's biblical. That's true. And, and perhaps like me, you've experienced some people kind of almost being like ostrich kind of faith. Like, hey, let's, let's stick our head in the sand and just have this kind of blind optimism as though that's going to change everything. And then eventually that wears out. Well, that's not what, what Jesus does. That's not what we learn in the scriptures. What we learn from him is look dead in the eye of reality 
and recognize where we're at. And part of that is seeing it's not the way it should be. The author of Romans, Paul, in chapter 8, um, I'm going to walk through a couple different verses. We're going to be in Matthew um, a bit, but also right here now in Romans. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, Paul says this, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the pains, um, for, sorry, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. All right, we're, we're in a season where we can probably relate with that even more than again five weeks ago that all of creation that the whole world is is groaning is recognizing things aren't the way they should be so again if you on a personal level on an individual level as we look at the gospel which means good news okay part of that is recognizing things are broken right now it's good in fact to to groan it's good to, to recognize what is not the way it should be. In fact, um, one author of, of a great article called Sin, uh, Not the Way It Should Be, um, by Cornelius Plantinga, he's, he's quoting a, a, a movie, actually with Kevin Costner in it, um, um, called uh, Grand Canyon. And it's about this, this conversation that Kevin Costner is having with a young man, and they're, they're, they're talking about the world. And what Cornelius Plantinga points out is, is, is something that, that Kevin Costner says, and again, recognizing the brokenness in the world while he's trying to comfort this young boy. And here's what he says. He understands the way things are supposed to be. They are supposed to include friendly streets that are safe for strangers. They are supposed to include justice that fosters peace, mutual respect and goodwill, deliberate and widespread attention to the public good. Of course, things are not that way at all. Human wrongdoing or the threat of it mars every adult's workday every child's school day, every vacationer's holiday. The news online, the news from our friends and our own experience give us all the examples we need that things aren't the way they should be. So again, as we tie this into Jesus saying your kingdom come and your will be done, it's good to recognize where things are not the way they should be. I was on the phone with a friend earlier this week whose, whose son um, is supposed to graduate. And, and I know many people are in that place from, from college, high school, different places. Well, this young man, his story, he is adopted. And this was going to be his first kind of healthy, intentional goodbye. That every other goodbye he's had has been sudden. He didn't really get to have a say in it. He didn't get to walk through it. He was preparing for that, even at the beginning of this school year. And now he doesn't have a senior prom. He doesn't have a graduation. He doesn't have that goodbye. I talked to another friend just yesterday who lost his mom during this season, who lived in a home. And there was an 
obituary written about her, though really no one got to read it. None of the family got to see her body. They didn't get to have a memorial service. Again, weddings. There's a lot going on right now that's not the way it should be. And in praying this, Jesus invites us to recognize that. Okay, to call it like it is, even a sense of groaning. God, this isn't the way it should be. But Jesus, what he also does is he invites us not to ignore reality, but further into reality. And this prayer that we've been walking through, the Lord's Prayer, is a part of a progression. It's part of what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, as it's recorded in Matthew. And Jesus also invites his followers to be be grounded on something that, that, that will not fade that yes groan yes mourn yes recognize what is broken but but also um be be firmly grounded in something or someone namely him who cannot be shaken so in matthew again we'll go back there in matthew chapter 7 Jesus is, is talking about, about what it looks like to follow him and how all these words he's been saying from Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. So again, the Lord's prayer that we're walking through is a part of this, is preparing us. Listen, say your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven so that when things happen that they are not supposed to be, you won't be wrecked. You won't be ultimately destroyed. Again, sad, yes. Groaning, yes, but ultimately wrecked, destroyed? No. This is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was the fall of it. I think even this morning and throughout this season, we have an opportunity to recognize the kinds of foundations we have been standing on. And and what I'm learning is that we tend to, we naturally, we will build our houses, our lives on sandy ground. That, That the human condition, the human propensity is to find our hope, our identity, our our foundation. Our, our meaning, our purpose in life, in things that will fail ultimately, right? If, again, five weeks ago, if it was health, um, financial stability, the, the stock market, human relationships and dynamics, again, physical proximity, j- job, right? Whatever it might be, um, it, the, those things are often good things. But as we talked about even last week, when they're life-orienting things, when they're things that you, you hallow, that you find ultimate meaning and identity and purpose in, or, or in this case, confidence and security in, it will fail. And, and, and again, part of looking at reality is saying, yeah, yeah, anything else I build my house on, the things I have built 
my foundation on of my life is is fragile, is is delicate. And so um, Jesus is our example on what it looks like to be to be grounded in him, but, but he also takes it a step further. And, and, and what we see when we look at the person, the life of Jesus, is he's not just our example, but, but he also does what you and I cannot and will not do outside of his intervention. All right, Jesus, when he prays these prayers and he invites us to say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he knows that you and I out, again, outside of him doing what we cannot and will not do, he, we won't say that. We say, well, my will be done. We would skip right over this part and go to God, give me this, do this for me, answer this, meet this need, do this stuff, and we, we, we want God to answer our beck and call. And yet Jesus did what we cannot and will not ever do for ourselves. He submitted to the will of the Father in our place, knowing that, again, outside of trusting in him, we would never, ever do that. In Matthew, the same book, over in chapter 26, um, when Jesus is arrested. So again, this will be um, on Thursday. What we'll, in, this, in this holy week, when we look at Maundy Thursday, when Jesus um, breaks bread, right, and leads his disciples, his followers through the Lord's Supper, and then they depart and they go out, they go to the Garden of Gethsemane, and um, Jesus goes off to pray with the Father. And three times he says what's recorded right now in this one verse. As we see here in, again, chapter 26, Jesus is praying to the Father. And in verse 39, this is what we hear. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible... Let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus submitted to the will of the Father. Again, many chapters before this in Matthew, when teaching his followers, when teaching you and me how to live, how to pray, Jesus knew that we wouldn't just heed his words. We wouldn't just follow his example, but instead he actually had to substitute. He had to do in our place what we would not do for ourselves. Because of sin, though God created us to follow him, to have our image be, be flowing from him, to, to have everything we do, everything we think, everything we say, our identity and our purpose flow from him. We all like sheep have gone astray, each one to his own way from Isaiah chapter 53. We all have turned away from him and yet Jesus did what we could not do for ourselves. Upon him, God laid the iniquities of us all and upon him, God recognizes Jesus's obedience in, in submitting to the will of the Father because you and I never, never would. And what, when Jesus says, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. The, what is that cup? The cup is ultimate judgment. The cup is isolation. It's, it's, it's separation. It's, it's all the effects of sin. It's, it's, it's the way things are, are not supposed to be that, again, our world right now is saturated in. Well, Jesus, though he is fully rich, took upon himself all the effects of our rebellion all the results of our turning away from God and saying, not your will, but my will. Well, by Jesus submitting to the will of the Father, he now lays that firm foundation upon which we can build our lives. 
a faith for today and a hope for tomorrow. Um, author and pastor Timothy Keller says this about, about um, looking to Jesus, again, not just as our example, but, but as our substitute. And then from there, as the very fuel, the very power by which we can now be faithful, that while we're groaning, while we're, while we're struggling, while we're weeping, while we're saying this is not the way it's supposed to be, we can stand firmly um, because we look to Jesus. This is what he says. To pray this ourselves is to understand that Jesus is the example and the power to live a life like this. When tempted to be selfish and to live for our own kingdoms, right? Stock up on toilet paper, stop me, 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 my, 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 whatever I can get. How's my financial portfolio? How do I have enough food? Do I have this, right? Our propensity to look inward, right? So when we um, look at our own, our, own, our own temptation and propensity to be selfish, to live for our own kingdoms, we look to Jesus and we see what he did for us. From there, we not only have an example, but we have the fuel needed to press forward. If you don't look at Jesus when you say your will be done, you will become bitter and resentful. If you look at Christ, you're able to trust and to endure. Okay, so again, Jesus is not just our example. That when he leads us through this Lord's Prayer, he's recognizing that we need what he has done for us that we need to trust him. We need to lean on him. And only from that place, only from finding our identity and our purpose in Christ and what he has done, by his obedience, even when we are disobedient, from that place now we are able to live and to pray genuinely, your kingdom come and your will be done. And this, is, um, this, this idea is that Jesus um, came, came crashing in when he came on to this earth, he ushered in the kingdom of heaven. In, in the very beginning of, of Mark chapter 1, you don't have to turn there with me, but in Mark chapter um, 1 verse 15, Jesus says that the kingdom of, of God is at hand. All right, that's like it is here. It is already here. And we see that when we look at the life of Jesus, that, that, that his life was ushering in the kingdom of God. He, he gave hope to the, the hopeless. He, he gave respect to the most marginalized and overlooked. He, he, he reconciled uh, seemingly unreconcilable people on a political level, on racial, on ethnic levels, in every facet of life. Jesus, Jesus looked in the face of death and he healed sickness. And he said, this is not the way it should be, all right? Jesus brought in the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus died and everyone thought they had been duped. Well, where is this kingdom? We just participated in it. But, but our king just died, now what? Well, then, right, as we celebrate next Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. And then he ascended to the right hand of God the Father. And right in that moment before he, he would ascend, and his, all his disciples were like, wait a minute, wait. We thought the kingdom was a farce. It all went away. And then when you died and then you rose again, so we're like, all right, sweet, you know, game on. Everything's back. Now we have hope. And now you're leaving? And right before that, Jesus taught them about the kingdom of heaven. And from that, we know there's this reality that, that the kingdom of heaven is both here and now, and it is still to come. It is here and it is still coming. One day, 
he will wipe away every tear. One day, death will be no more. So, so church, as we close, I want us to consider right now, what's our posture? Okay, it can't be, again, ostrich face, stick our head in the sand and just pretend. But Jesus doesn't do that. We, we recognize things aren't the way they should be. But also, are we so overcome by anxiety that we don't recognize that Jesus already came? But, but on the flip side, we can't just also forget that we still need him to come again. All right, so in that we can celebrate and rejoice where appropriate. We can call out, Lord Jesus, your kingdom come. Your will be done right now. We, we need you. And so there's, um, uh, we're going to sing a song in a moment that was written by some artists here in Tucson that, that I think reflects what we get from Jesus is that in this prayer, your kingdom come and your will be done. We see that through Christ, we have a faith for today and a hope for tomorrow. Amen. And, the, and there, there have been shirts, right, made that say in Tucson as it is in heaven. And, and I want to just encourage us to consider, what does it look like to think in my own heart as it is in heaven, God? Your will be done, your kingdom come in my own heart, in my own home, in my own family, in my own neighborhoods. Again, this song that we're actually going to sing right now has some parts. It was written by a group called City Psalms, and, and, and it says some things like this. It says, from the mountain to the mission. The mountain is Mount Lemon. The mission is the, San, is the San Javier Mission in South Tucson, right? That's kind of the far outpost of Tucson in all these different places, right? From the mountain and the mission, the classroom and the kitchen, the roads, Amen. Tucson, right? Got some potholes around here. The roads and the reservations. Every single congregation. We're here filming a service, right? From another church, generous church. Right? Every congregation. People rise up for our time has come. Pour our lives out for the world he loves. So let that kind of kingdom come right here, right now, today. The fairway and the fountain every seat on city council from the base and the bedroom to every face who hasn't met you. Let your kingdom come. Heavenly Father, let this be our prayer. Even right now, let this be our song. Lord, let this be our lives. Let this not just be something we say with our mouths, but that flows from our hearts and is true and is real. Lord, let our lives be built upon the rock that whatever comes, we will ultimately not fall. So Lord, now as we respond in prayer, as we respond in singing, in giving, in communion, let us be shaped by your words. Let us cry out with both joy and groaning. Your will be done. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.